Self-Decode is the world's first precision health platform that frees you from the generic solutions of traditional healthcare and puts control back in your hands. Using science-backed research and AI-driven algorithms, Self-Decode gives you personalized diet, supplement, and lifestyle suggestions based on your body's blueprint, your DNA. Get started for free with an existing DNA file or order a DNA kit at 25% off with the code GENIUS. Start optimizing your health today at selfdecode.com. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1%. A real Jesus. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius Podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the uh, you know the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Today, I have Dr. Raj K. Anand. He's the author of a book called A Practical Approach to EKG Interpretation. He's the inventor of the thermoelectric angioplasty catheter as well. So we're going to talk about a healthy diet and mindfulness and how that may help prevent uh, coronary heart disease. So Raj, thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm tempted to ask you, you know, a lot of the technical details of the EKG and the other stuff you've uh, worked with and invented. But, you know, would you like to focus on that or would you like to focus on, you know, reducing heart disease through diet and again, mindfulness? Yeah, no, this is primarily the session for healthy diet and mindfulness to prevent coronary heart disease. And for your information, I was also professor for 41 years at University of Massachusetts Medical School. Oh, wow. Okay. I've been alive 40 some odd years. So that's, that's a long time to be a professor. That's great. Thank you. Um, so tell me, I mean, you were ensconced in a world of medicine and procedures and gold standards and all that and allopathic type stuff. How did your mind change to mindfulness and to healthy diet as ways to mitigate heart disease? Well, my wife of 57 years, she died three years ago, almost three years ago, and I was almost devastated. And at that time, I thought of meditation, and I started on this route, uh, read a lot, and also got some training under well-trained, well-known coaches, and uh, that is how I got to this field. And then my wife, 
actually wanted me to write this book and I had written only four pages when she died. Uh, I'm talking about healthy diet and uh, mindfulness. And uh, after that, I stopped for six months or so. And then I said she wanted it. So I am going to write it. And uh, all the monies will go directly from Amazon to Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in the loving memory of my wife. And that is what is happening. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that that happened. But that's really cool that you've fulfilled her wishes and you're doing a good thing with the book. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Could you would you talk about, um, you know, what are some of the concepts in the book and how they can help people? Uh, yes, uh, it is uh, more of a healthy lifestyle because healthy diet alone is not enough. And as my book says in the first few pages, this book is a holistic approach. First of all, what motivated me to write this book also is that all the books that have been written on healthy diet, they only tell you what to eat, what not to eat. Nobody goes into details uh, to tell you that if you are in a supermarket and there are 10 different kinds of bread, which bread is good for you? Or if you are traveling, how to decide what food to choose amongst whatever is available. And if you go to a restaurant, everybody orders salad, but nobody tells the server that make sure to remove the seeds from the fresh tomatoes. They are very unhealthy. And uh, so this book uh, goes into all these uh, details and helps the person to choose whatever is good for him or her. Have you found that there are quite a bit of foods that need to be avoided entirely? Or yes. can you just modify certain foods, like take the seeds from tomatoes and then they're okay for you? The foods to avoid are, first of all, I don't tell anybody to avoid anything, but I tell them that first of all, whatever you are eating, you slow down on that, gradually decrease the bad things and adopt the good things that are in the book and then slowly shift. Otherwise, they will not uh, find it uh, to stick with it. Now, to answer your question, the foods that eventually should be avoided at all times are fried food, highly processed uh, meat like sausages, salami, bologna, uh, bacon, prepackaged snacks, uh, sugar, and saturated fats, which is saturated fats, trans fats, and oils. And the only oil they should use for cooking, if they are going to use, that should be avocado oil. So oh, not even olive oil? How come? Uh, olive oil is very good oil. It's a healthy oil, but its smoke point is a 320 degree Fahrenheit. Some say up to 350 is okay if you are slowly cooking, but usually people cook at 400 degree Fahrenheit. And at that point, it is above the smoke point, and therefore a lot of trans fats are formed, which are as bad as saturated fat. That said, 
Dr. Vogel of Maryland University once did experiments and he demonstrated that when you use olive oil in the salad, that can constrict your arteries by 70% uh, within the hour. And it takes about 10 hours to relax to normal. And we don't wait for 10 hours to eat the next meal. So they always remain constricted and cause damage and lead to coronary artery disease. But well, also, I mean, if you couple the restriction of your, uh, your arteries, it would raise your blood pressure, I guess, a lot. And it would predispose you to a heart attack or other problems during that time period, right? Exactly. That is how, uh, how uh, the heart disease and hypertension starts. Uh, but if you add balsamic vinegar uh, to uh, the olive oil in the salad, then it does not do that. That is when he said, oh, that is the reason why in Mediterranean area, they use so much of balsamic vinegar with the olive oil in the salad. So it is good to use uh, olive oil in the salad. I encourage it as long as you remember that oil is a fat and has twice as many calories as the carbs. So don't eat too, too much of it. So to answer your question, olive oil has limitations, but avocado is also good fat. It belongs to the same family that olive oil belongs, omega-9 fatty acids, they call them. But again, olive oil, this avocado oil is also an oil. So make sure don't use too, too much in reasonable limits. But when you think of cooking, then use avocado oil. Its smoking point is 550 uh, degree Fahrenheit. Some people think even up to 600 is okay. So what common oils do people have a lot of that are, let's say, the worst? You know, if like, let's say you're having a lot of canola oil but you, for some reason, can't afford avocado oil or can't get it, what can you do? Can you, is okay. there a chain, chain of oils in terms of unhealthy uh, or healthiness you can ascend? Uh, yes. If you uh, cannot afford or it's not available, then most widely used all over the world is canola oil. Uh, and uh, canola oil, the problem is, if you read how it is processed, you will never even go near it. Because they use, uh, it is taken out of rape seed and seeds are hard. Therefore, you have to soften the seeds before you can uh, take out the oil. And in order to soften the seed, they use a poison called hexane, H-E-X-A-N-E. And under high heat and high pressure, they squeeze that and that is how oil is taken out. And first of all, under high pressure and under high heat, all the good fats in it, which is omega-9 fatty acids, the same as in olive oil and avocado oil, they get destroyed because they're very heat sensitive at very, very high temperatures and high pressures. Then now there is poison in it, what to do? So uh, they add some chemicals so that froth comes at the top and they drain the oil at the bottom. And during that process, new problem arises, which is erucic acid is formed. So they again heat it and use filtration process. And finally, they get rid of it. Originally, when canola oil came to US, our FDA 
uh, did not approve it. They said until you remove erucic acid, E-R-U-C-I-C, erucic acid, we will not accept it. So their scientists got together and found out a way, but for that also they have to use at very, very high temperatures. And that is why I do not uh, want to uh, recommend canola oil. There is some evidence that when you buy canola oil from the, you go to the shelf, even then there are small traces of that hexane poison in it. It's not completely removed. And how bad is it to have uh, this hexane solvent lingering? Yes. And the other oils that are available but not recommended are sunflower oil, safflower oil, then soybean oil, sesame seed oil. They are high in omega-6 fatty acids. And omega-6, you need, it is essential fatty acid for the body from 6 to 10 grams a day. But everything you eat, right from the bread to uh, the beans and legumes, they all have omega-6 fatty acids, whether you like it or not. So you are never short of omega-6, which is required by the body, and you always overshoot. And that is why uh, it is recommended not to use those oils, because then you will be adding a lot more extra. And there is uh, two oils that can be used. They are available in some supermarkets. It's called high oleic sunflower oil and high oleic safflower oil. That high oleic part is omega-9, which is the same as in avocado. So they should be the second choice if avocado oil is not available. But if they are not available, both of them then I think you have no choice except to go for canola oil. And that is why canola oil is uh, the largest selling oil all over the world because they advertise it as rich in omega-9 fatty acids, which is really not true because all uh, those are killed during the process. Okay, so um, again, if someone just can't get Avocado oil, what, what would be their second choice, in your opinion? Uh, I uh, suggested if they can get high oleic sunflower or high mm. oleic safflower, if that is also not available, then canola oil is okay. Prefer to have oil less cooking, but if you have to, then that would be the last choice in as little amount as possible. Okay. So the oil is a very important item. Um, what other items are incredibly important in making sure your your health is good? You talked about like prepackaged foods, but what does that mean to a consumer? Like maybe it sounds silly, but is it obvious? I, I, mentioned, is, I said like, prepackaged snacks because all the snacks people just grab from the shelf and eat, they, they use, uh, they are fried. And because they are fried in oil, it is not recommended. Okay. Um, what about processed foods? Or again, like, like, how can you tell? Do you just, I guess you just need to avoid all foods that are ideally, you know, ideally all foods that are packaged, or is there a way again, to look for the worst ones and not have them have ones that maybe not be great, but they're okay. They're not quite as bad as, as some of the others. Like, how do you determine the difference? Self-decode has taken the guesswork out of wellness by analyzing your genes, lab tests, and lifestyle data. Self-Decode provides the most holistic and personalized plan for optimal health. 
They're giving our listeners 25% off new DNA kits with the code GENIUS, where you can get started free if you have an existing DNA file. Visit selfdecode.com to learn more. When I said I sell highly processed meat, it should be avoided. But right. other meat, like some people like red meat, though it should be avoided. I tell them no problem. You eat red meat, but just eat smaller portions and trim off all the fat. And then the same dairy, we recommend non-fat or low-fat dairy. But if you cannot, you have to have whole milk. Then some supermarkets uh, like Stop and Shop, they have A2 milk. All the regular milk that you buy is A1 milk, though it doesn't say A1 on it. The one that says A2, buy that because the cows 100 years ago, they were all fed on the grass outside in the pastures. And their uh, milk uh, did not contain that type of protein, casein B, which is present in A1 milk, regular milk. It got genetically changed at that point. And this A2 milk these days comes from those cows, which are the descendants of the cows 100 years ago, and they continue to feed the generation on grass in the pastures. Now, supply is short, demand is more, therefore they only make whole milk, but now they have started making reduced fat yogurt from the whole milk. So you can eat that yogurt uh, would be uh, fine. Well, what do you think of the people that talk about the ketogenic diet and say, oh, fat doesn't make you fat. And, you know, there's a big movement that seems to have those opinions. What are your thoughts there? Yes. Now, in one answer, no. Why? Ketogenic diet, normally all of us, we sleep at night. We don't eat for eight to 10 hours. At that time, the ketones from the muscles, all the carbs that we eat during the day, the excess is converted into fat that is converted into ketones. And at night, there's a lot of ketones in the blood. Brain loves ketones. Heart muscle loves ketones. And we get used to it right from birth. And therefore, there's no problem. It is actually good for brain health to have ketones uh, at that time. Now, ketogenic diets, which you eat during the day, like paleo diet, for example, uh, they are high-fat, low-carb, high-protein diets. And in these diets, there will be ketones present in the blood all the time. And that predisposes you to coronary artery disease. And that is why ketogenic diets are not good. Yeah, so I would... Why, why, do, um, why do ketones, persistent ketones in the blood lead to uh, coronary art, or coronary artery disease? Why? They are metabolized that way that our liver, when it sees the ketones coming, it recognizes them as a foreign material. So Hmm. as it comes, it gets converted into what is called as VLDL, 
very low density lipoproteins and they are bad fats, they are sticky. And then it releases them into the blood. And because they are sticky, when they are flowing freely in the blood, go to coronary arteries, for example, they get stuck. And as they stick, they cause damage to the inner lining of the arteries. And the damage to the inner lining arteries stops the release of a chemical, which is a nitric oxide, which keeps the arteries dilated. When that happens, the arteries remain constricted and eventually lead to coronary artery disease. And uh, arteries everywhere in the body, legs or neck, they start getting uh, diseased. What about uh, veganism or vegetarianism? Is that a recommendation or is that uh, too extreme in a different way? Too extreme in a different way because those who are vegetarians or vegans, I recommend that they uh, must have one multivitamin with minerals every day because vitamin B12 comes only from animal source and they don't want anything from the animal source. Vegans especially don't even drink milk. Therefore, that leads to vitamin B12 deficiency. So they should have one multivitamin with minerals every day. Uh, That is what my advice is. Those who are not vegans, but they are vegetarians, I advise them, if possible, add fish twice a week uh, to their diet. They can get protein, they can get vitamin B12, and they get good fat. Good fats are present in nuts, seeds, fish, avocado, and olives. Olives as fruit, if you eat, that is good. I was only talking of olive oil, you asked me in the beginning. Mm. But olives, if you eat, fine. Just remember that these are good fats and fats carry twice as many calories. So don't eat too many. Yeah. Okay. So you have you know, kind of a middle of the road type of thing. Right. Um, we and talked a lot about a diet. What about uh, mindfulness? You know, you mentioned that, but uh, I haven't asked you much about it. How important is mindfulness and why? Okay. In mindfulness... These days, there is stress everywhere. Air pollution may uh, also uh, cause the inflammation in the body. And the stress also leads to a fine, uh, low-grade inflammation all over the body in all the cells, which we may never even realize. And this chronic inflammation in the body leads to nine eventually deadly debilitating diseases and they are from Alzheimer's to depression, uh, uh, cancer, and then heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, stroke, uh, leaky gut syndrome in which the holes are formed in the intestine and bacteria can go directly into the blood and they always complain of bloating, gas, cramps in the stomach, and then other diseases can be diabetes and arthritis. I personally was diagnosed as old age uh, arthritis called osteoarthritis of my thumb in the hand, and they were swollen about um, eight years ago or so. And when I went on this diet, 
it all disappeared. I have no swelling. My movements of the hands and fingers are normal. There's no swelling. And that is how uh, it happens that if you lead a healthy lifestyle, all this inflammation will go away. And if inflammation goes away, these nine diseases, their chances can be significantly reduced, uh, if not completely eliminated. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And also, during normal metabolism of the food in our body, some bad chemicals are formed called free radicals. They also cause inflammation in the cells and antioxidants take care of that. And whatever is left, this stress reduction program takes care of that. And that is why this stress reduction is uh, important. And coming back to lifestyle, you have to satisfy six things. One is healthy diet. And the two is regular exercise. And three is stress reduction. Fourth is adequate sleep, six to eight hours a night. Five is socializing, not through social media, but in person. Right, real social. Lastly, once a year, physical checkup. Okay. So with this formula, I mean, you know, again, it sounds simple, but there's a lot to address there. But um, okay. How does, uh, just a quick question, how does mindfulness play into all of this for you? What, What is its role? How important is it? Mindfulness does primarily three things. Main purpose is to calm the mind because if there is stress, the mind is everywhere all the time. If you calm the mind, stress will still be there, but your mind will react differently. It will not be affected by the stress all around you. So one effect is it calms the mind And to calm the mind, other thing which it produces, and they are interrelated, is strengthening of awareness and strengthening of focus. So when you do meditation, and I have the technique listed in my book, through this technique, your awareness of breathing sensations and internal body sensations, which normally you may not have. Like, for example, you go for a walk in the morning and a friend comes from in front. Sometimes you are so absorbed in thoughts that you keep going. And then you suddenly realize, oh, I think that was my friend. You turn back and it was that friend. That is called a daydreaming. So that mm-hmm. daydreaming disappears, means your awareness what's going on around you strengthens. So this mindfulness meditation strengthens the awareness, keeps you awake, at the same time calms your mind and increases your focus in whatever you are doing. And when your focus is good, then whatever you do, you do right. Makes sense, yeah. So that is how it it works. And uh, if you want to go a little more detail, uh, these are all things that I'm talking are scientifically proven. It has been shown that people who meditate regularly, their outer layer of the brain called cortex is thicker than the people who don't meditate. And there's one small organ right behind the ear, if you go one inch inside, called hippocampus. That also is big. That is the one 
that keeps the mind calm. So these two things have been shown scientifically to happen in people who meditate regularly, which means they reduce their stress and eventually you learn how to deal with the stress, even though stress may be all around you. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, Dr. Raj, where can people uh, get your book? And let's say the name of it again so people can look for it. Uh, The name of the book is Healthy Diet and Mindfulness to Prevent Coronary Heart Disease. And it is available at Amazon.com. And I said, as I said, the monies go directly from there to Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Mm. Or what they can do is I have my own website called Raj K. Anand, one word, R-A-J-K-A-N-A-N-D.com. And on that, there is a button called podcast. They can go and listen to this podcast uh, that we are having right now, for example. And when you send me, I'll post on that. It will be posted. And then there is a, if they go to my podcast, they will show my, see my book. And when they click on the book, it takes them directly to Amazon and they can review the book and order it. Or there's a card over there. They can go to the card and click and go to Amazon or they can directly go to amazon.com and buy there. Right. And also on my website, I have my email address. If anybody has any questions, whether they read my book or not, they can send me questions and I always answer it. Very good. Well, Raj, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling me your story and and offering me advice. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I really uh, appreciate your inviting me, Richard. Thank you. Excellent. Here's some parting words from Self Decode's founder, Joe. In a world of uncertainty, we've got you. Before taking control of my health, I had almost given up hope of the life I dreamed of. Then I realized the answers I needed were inside my DNA all along. Let us help you find yours. Start free with an existing DNA file or use code GENIUS to save 25% on a kit. A healthier life is waiting for you at selfdecode.com. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.